going to stay seated for our gospel reading today, but it comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the ninth and 10th chapters. It starts out this way. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now we see in the first part of our gospel reading is we really see the desire and the hope of God that all would be made well. This kind of wholeness for humankind. And it's a glimpse of our promised future. And it's made clear or kind of started in Jesus' ministry here. So at the end of our scriptures, we get the book of Revelation, and in that book we get an image of God creating a whole new heaven and a new earth where all the kind of hurts and yuck of this life are gone, and all that's there is this wholeness and us in the presence of God and Jesus Christ fully. That's our promised future, the end of our, our story, what we look ahead to. Now, I had a teacher compare it to reading a novel. Have any of you ever jumped ahead to the end of a novel to see what's going to happen? Anybody ever done that? Okay, especially those books. I, I kind of like them, and it, it kind of bugs me when one character does one chapter, and then another character does another, and you don't know what happens to this one until the next one. I always jump ahead because I can't wait to see. So knowing the end, doesn't that kind of change how you read the rest of the story? Yeah, it totally does. So we know the end of our story, that it's wholeness and life with God forever. And that is meant to shape how we live our lives now. That if that's God's hopes and, and dream, that's also God's hope and dream for how we live among people today. And that's the ministry that Jesus invites us into in this passage here. Let's go to our next slide. So this is the same slide, but I added a question to it. When you look at this slide, look at this passage now, what are the things that Jesus tells his disciples to pray for? He tells them to pray for something. What does he tell them to pray for? Laborers, yes. He says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So he tells them to pray to send out more laborers to go do this ministry. So here is Jesus' prayer, that there are so many people with so many gifts and talents out there who may be welcomed into being a part of his ministry, but they first need to experience the, the compassion of Jesus, and they need to experience God come near to them. So Jesus' prayer is, let's send out more laborers, and that's the prayer he wants for his first disciples, and maybe it's meant to be a prayer for us to have today, too. But how is that prayer going to get answered? Let's read the rest of the gospel so we can go to the next slide. So remember, he says, Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. 
Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. The gospel of the Lord. And while it's he's sending them out just to the people of Israel, we know that by the end of the gospel, what we heard last week, is they get sent out to all nations. So it's really this expansive mission. But when we think back to what Jesus asked the disciples to pray for, how is that prayer answered? He says, let's send out laborers, and then he makes them the laborers. So he tells them what to pray for, and then he makes them the answer to that prayer. I just want to let that sink in for a minute. He tells them what to pray for, and then he makes them the answer to his prayer and to their prayer. So for some crazy reason, Jesus chooses to send these disciples, disciples who throughout the gospel are often called people of little faith, he chooses to entrust his mission to them and also to us, people who sometimes feel like we are full of doubts or like we don't have it all together, and he entrusts his mission to us. So I want us to think more about this, especially about this prayer and how it's answered. And I'm going to invite us into some conversation with each other. This type of message on Wednesday evenings is meant to be more informal and a time for you to engage with Scripture. So I'm going to ask you to get together with some people close to you. And we want to kind of make sure that nobody is alone, unless you want to be alone. So some people maybe came tonight and they're like, I do not want to talk with anyone. I just want to sit here and pray and think. You can do that. So if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, can I join your group and you don't want that? You can say, no, I'm good. <laughs> That's totally okay. But if you're comfortable, I'm going to have you get together with someone close to you. And like if there's a couple or someone sitting alone, make sure no one's alone unless they want to be. So go ahead and do that now. Get together with someone. And then we're going to talk about a couple questions. All right. So I have this handout for you. And on the back are some discussion questions. And we're going to look at those first two so the first one is, when is a time someone else has been an answer to your prayer? So just think about how Jesus sends these disciples out. He tells them what to pray for and then makes them the answer to prayer. When is a time someone else has been an answer to your prayers? And I'm going to share a little story to let you have time to think about that question. Um, so I think about a time when there were some really difficult family health challenges that came all at once. And someone knew just about one of those challenges, and they sent me a note saying, I know that you have a lot going on right now, and I want you to know that I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for your family member. And that day that that came, earlier that day, I learned about yet another family member having some health concerns and was really feeling weighed down by that. But that note coming to me that I'm praying for you, it really felt like an answer to an unspoken prayer I had. Because while I had been praying, I had been praying, I hadn't realized how alone I felt in the midst of all those challenges. And so to have someone send me this note and say, I know what you're going through, at least some of it, and I'm praying for you, it really felt like God had come near, like I was no longer alone in that. 
and like I experienced the compassion of Jesus through them. And it was something that was so simple, but it meant so much. So think about in your own life, when is a time someone else has been an answer to prayer for you? And it doesn't have to be like they were praying for you. It could be they brought you a meal, or you were stuck on the side of the road, and you're like, how am I going to get out of this? And someone stopped. Or it could be something else. And you can also answer the next question, when is a time you may have been someone's answer to prayer? So you can answer one or both of those. So go ahead, and I'll just give you a couple minutes to share that. Okay, I'm going to just bring you back. I know some people are still sharing, and some groups are waiting. So we'll, we'll come back. And maybe I shouldn't have started with such a personal question right out of the, <laughs> the shoot, but here we are. So thank you for sharing. Um, the next question, this is the last one that we'll share in our groups, is what do you think is one prayer Jesus would ask us to pray today? So you think back at the, the disciples' time, he's like, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, you know, to go share his message, to go share his compassion. I would guess that would still be a prayer of Jesus. But when you look around at the world today, what's one thing you think Jesus would ask us to pray for or want us to be praying for? And I will have you share just a couple groups, not every group, share out loud if you're willing to um, when we come back. So go ahead and share that. Is that clear what I'm asking? So you're going to gonna share what's one thing you think Jesus would like us to be praying for today. Okay, I'll bring you back. And if a couple groups would like to share, I know this is so different from what we normally do in church, so for some people, some of you it might be more uncomfortable, um, but it, it's meant to become more of a Bible study, a, a chance for us to engage with Scripture more than um, just having someone talk up front. Um, so what, what did some of your groups, not every group has to share, but what were some things that you feel like Jesus would want us to be praying for today? Yes. For peace. Oh, my word, for peace. Kindness and open-mindedness. And Pastor Eric's writing this down, too, just so we can remember that. Yeah. For farmers who are struggling to get their crops in this year. Yeah. Thank you. Any others that feel like they want to? Sh for what? Compassion and unity. Mm -hmm. For what? Hunger and peace. Yep. For people to be fed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so um, if Jesus is inviting us to pray for these things, then maybe we can spend some time in prayer for that, you know, this next week for some of these things, and then see how we might live it. Um, the last one I'm just going to have you take home and think about on your own, maybe before you go to bed tonight, or when you get up in the morning, or when you're driving somewhere. But picture where you're going to be over this next week until next Wednesday, and who you might see. What's one way you might help just one of those people to experience Jesus' compassion or to experience God come near to them? What's just one thing you might do that you might not normally do? It could be something very small or something bigger that would just help people experience Jesus' compassion or God come near. So you can think about that on your own when you leave tonight. Um, the book that we are doing for the book study is about extravagant tenderness. And the person who wrote it wrote... We are all meant to be in the world who God is, loving, compassionate, and kind. We are all meant to be in the world who God is, loving, compassionate, and kind. So last thing for tonight is you have these slips of paper, and they're perforated at the bottom. 
And so as part of our offering tonight, we're asking if you'd write your name in a way of offering our whole selves to God. So offering, we often think of just putting our resources, but offering has, has always been about giving of ourselves. And so we're offering our whole selves to God, that God empowers us to live out his compassion even more when we leave this place tonight. So I'll ask you to write your name, if you're willing. And they're perforated, so you can tear it off. And when you come forward for communion as an act of offering, you can drop it in this basket here, if you're comfortable. And then when we leave, I'm going to move it. And I'm going to invite you, you don't have to do this, but I'm going to invite you to take someone else's name and pray for them over this next week. And it doesn't have to be an elaborate prayer. It can be something as simple as just lifting that name, that person up to God just once each day, just to hold each other in prayer. We are meant to hear God's word like we have tonight. And then as we hear it, the Holy Spirit shapes us so that we are more empowered to go out and live it. Amen.